Uh, I think if Richie Grant is there, that's somebody they would definitely take a look at. Uh, but I think Richie Grant, or uh, if they don't get him, I think you can wait a little bit. There's a kid out of Syracuse named Andre Cisco uh, that I think that they're fairly high on. He's a ball hawk guy who got turnovers in like every game he played in or something like that. It was some absurd number. And, uh, and so he's a guy I think that they can look at as well. Hello again, Broncos country, and thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Orange Weekly Podcast. We're here giving you the pre-draft scoop, and we have a special guest today. As always, I'm joined with David and Matt. Boys, how are we doing? It's great to see you guys. I'm super happy that we're talking football again. It's been kind of a, a slower offseason, and as we get to the draft, we get to talk Broncos football again. How, how have you guys been doing? Yeah, dying. The draft yeah, this year has miserable. been... Yeah, the lead up has been awful, just miserable. Um, and but you know, hopefully our special guest tonight, if you guys are feeling that pain that we're feeling, he's gonna be able to give you guys a little bit of that clarity that you've been seeking, I think. Yeah, Matt, how you been doing? Oh man, I'm just no football like I don't know how Jeez. you want me to be doing. I'm just kinda sad. <laughs> I just can't wait for the draft. It's like the best day of the year and uh it's gonna be freaking awesome. So uh yeah, that's that's all a I lot of ways. Say, man. There's a lot of ways for me to answer that question, Matt. I, uh, <laughs> how do I want you to be doing? Well, um, we'll get. Well, let's let's get into detail on the after dark, Orange Weekly after dark. <laughs> after dark, right? Yeah, it's our OnlyFans. After right. ten, yeah, the OnlyFans, Orange Weekly OnlyFans. Orange Weekly. Fans, Brews, and Broncos News. So without further ado, obviously we're super excited to have him on. Benjamin Albright is here with us on his way to uh, Broncos headquarters. Uh, Benjamin Albright is the host of the Broncos Country Tonight podcast and show from the Denver Broncos flagship station, KOA 850, from Broncos headquarters. Without further ado, let's bring him in, Benjamin Albright. All right, so here we are, Ben Albright. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you coming on. First of all, before we get into it, let's go ahead and plug whatever you want to plug and let everybody know where you're coming from and what what your background is. Yeah, I got nothing to plug, man. Uh, unfollow <laughs> me, at, unfollow me at Albright NFL. It's a dumpster fire on Twitter. Um, I think that's I guess the main one. Um, yeah, I, I got uh, I, got, <laughs> I got nothing, man. Don't worry about plugging me. Let's plug you guys. What do we? Let's talk okay. about what you guys want to talk about. So, uh, David, let's go ahead and start with a couple of first questions. We have one, a lot of big questions on our mind, especially coming up to the draft. There's a lot of misinformation out there, and we're, we want to shoot straight right now. Uh, David, what's our first question? Well, so getting started, and of course, everybody's going to want to talk about the quarterbacks because it's that time of year, um, and it's that draft. So what you know, first do you think the Broncos are in a position or have really any desire to trade up for anybody in this draft at all? Is there anybody that there's re- they're really – you know, banging the table for? Um, no, that, that, that's the thing. Like, I don't think so. I think that the quarterbacks, we know who's going one and two, and we have a pretty good idea, I think, of who's going three. Um, mm. And so I think that, I, I don't think that there's, I don't think there's a desire to trade up. Um, you know, I know people have been, you know, talking about, and I see all these Twitter rumors about, you know, uh, the Atlanta Falcons and all this kind of stuff. And I can mm. tell you that the Broncos did not reach out there. Um, and I don't think they have any desire to trade up, which for me says, I think what it needs to about this group of quarterbacks and how they actually feel about it relative to what they had. 
Now, that's not to say they wouldn't take a quarterback at nine. That's not to say they might take a slight jump up to maybe seven, um, you know, in, in a mm. situation like that. But other than that, I, I don't think they're going to move up. Now, that, you know, it can always change. We're right before things. We're right before the draft. And, you know, stuff can always change. But the sense I get, and, and I say that, you know, as somebody who's around it every day um, and, and inside the building every day is – I don't think they want to move up. I think they want to stay at nine or even trade back. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's really been this narrative around the Broncos this off season in the national media. I've noticed that they're, they're desperate to get anybody else in there. You know, any of these first round quarterbacks, you know, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, doesn't matter. They view all of them as an, as an upgrade over lock. And it's just not what the team has really been putting out there. So when we're looking at this draft, then are we thinking about, you know, drafting offense or defense in this first round, or does it really matter at this point? Is it just best player available? I think it depends on who's there. Um, you know, I think overwhelmingly this defense is going to be, this, this draft is going to be defense heavy. Um, mm-hmm. they, they know they need to replenish the depth there. They know that they've kind of built the young offense and there, there's still a few pieces on offense that need to be, you know, that need to be fixed. But other than that, I think the defense is going to be a defensive heavy draft for the most part. Um, they know they need to get younger and have some turnover and, and, and that kind of stuff. And um, so I think that's what you're going to see. I, I, you know, at the ninth pick, uh, where they're sitting right now, I think if a certain specific quarterback were to fall there, uh, they'd mm. be interested in that and, and, and consider that. If not, I, you know, I think uh, uh, Rashawn Slater would be in the mix. Mm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I know some people mm-hmm. have kind of put, uh, you know, if I've seen a lot of drafts early that used to have corner there. And I tweeted about, you know, not doing that. And I think that people have kind of fallen off that, but, um, because we knew they wanted to double dip in free agency on the corner position. But um, I think that, um, you know, I, I think that some people put Micah Parsons in there. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the direction that they go. I think people are drawing a connection between Vic Fangio and maybe some past Penn state linebackers. Um, and and I, I just don't think that that's, I don't think yeah. that's the thing. I don't even yeah. think Micah Parsons is what people think he is. I think Micah, people think Micah sure. Parsons is like a, is like a Mike and he's, he's really like projected as more of a will, uh, yeah. you know, at the NFL level than anything else. And so I, I think that, that that's kind of where that, that misperception may come from. I, I think that mm. it's, you know, I mean, right now, based on conversations that I've had, again, I, I'm not privy to everything, but based on the conversation I've had, I think if the specific quarterback was there, uh, if not, maybe Rashawn Slater, um, and you know, a trade back would be ideal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And no, there's, no, there's, that, go ahead, Jared. That actually brings up something interesting too. Cause, uh, as we're looking at trading back and you know, a lot of, a lot of mock drafts look, have us trading back. And I love the idea personally. I love the idea, but it looks like uh, Adam Schefter said today, Carolina is also looking to trade back for number eight. Does that hurt our trade back? Does that hurt, hurt our trade back stock with number eight? Also thinking about trading back, like, you know, if someone wants to jump up to eight to get their guy, there's no need to jump up to nine to get their guy. In that whole conversation about coming up to eight, um, I'm not sure that that precludes somebody from coming up to nine. I mean, what if the guy that comes up to eight wants something different, you know, and that pushes mm-hmm. a different player to nine, that kind of thing. So I, I don't think it does. I don't think it hurts the trade back stock. I think it's, you know, I think it's the same either way. Um, I just, uh, you know, the, the question really is the draft kind of jumps off at three and four, and that's kind of going to shape the rest of what happens for everybody else. Right. Yeah. Is there is there any kind of nightmare scenario where the Broncos, you know, there's four quarterbacks taken and two tackles taken in the first top in the top, you know, seven or eight picks and the Broncos are kind of stuck. You know, they do they still have a guy there that they would really like at nine or is there more of an urgency to trade back at that point? 
Um, I think that if the, the nightmare scenario would be the four quarterbacks, the two tackles, Pitts, Chase, yeah. and uh, you know maybe another receiver or something goes in front of them. I, I think that would be the ultimate nightbreaker, mm-hmm. you know, nightmare scenario in which there's, there really wouldn't be a, a a market at that point. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I I mean, you could see the four quarterbacks go. Uh, but even then, you still got you, you probably still have Mac Jones sitting out there at that point, and that puts you know Chicago um, squarely in their sights in terms of moving up and looking at that looking at that pick. So uh, even in the nightmare scenario, I still think that there's um, takers for nine potentially. Cool. That's good. So staying on the topic of quarterback, but moving away from the draft, um, I think for a while now we've been looking for competition for Locke. Is there signs that somebody's going to get signed soon in the offseason to kind of fill that spot, or are we just rolling with Locke and, and Ripian and whoever's uh, back there? I still think they're looking for competition for Locke. I think that's always been the plan. Um, yeah. Whether that's a veteran, which is, I think, a little bit more likely, um, or whether that's through the draft, uh, which is still – possible but I, I would not suggest that it's probable unless something changes at the mm-hmm. third fourth pick um you know i, I think that is bridgewater yeah they're the same yeah. names we've been telling you since last year like since last <laughs> december I, I think those names are still in play if john elway was still in charge um i think the push on sam darnold would have been harder um mm-hmm. but you know, other than that, I think that, you know, they, they look at this situation and they want to do something. If there's something that improves the quarterback position, then, then they're, they're in the room, then they're here for it. But I, I don't think they want to do something that just kind of, you know, doesn't improve the room. Right. Bringing in, like, let's let's just pick a name out of a hat and say Justin Fields, right? I, there's yeah. a lot of people, I think, that for some reason feel like he's a day one starter. And I can tell you, like, not a lot of teams around the league think that way. They don't think Justin Fields is ready to start day one. Um, so if that's the case then you're bringing him in to compete with Drew Locke and he's, he's probably going to back him up initially. So, you know, does that really, is that really something you want to trade up for? Is that something you want to you know give up investments for? Um, you know, I, I think there's two guys in this draft that, you know, that, that are potentially day one starters and then the rest of them are probably not. And so, um, you know, I, people who sit here and talk about this being an all time great class and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What right. about uh, what, what about the Cam Newton draft? You know, you think about there were four quarterbacks taken in the top 12 that year. Cam Newton, number one. And then you had Jake Locker, Christian Ponder and Blaine Gabbert go in the top. So that doesn't just because four guys were taken early yeah. doesn't mean it's a great class. It just means teams yeah. are thirsty. And so. Yeah. I think that I think you have to you kind of you know evaluate that. You also have to kind of evaluate the situations next year. Russ Wilson probably gone from the Seahawks next year. Aaron Rodgers could potentially be gone from the Packers next year. And even with that huge ass number, Matt Ryan could be gone from mm-hmm. um, from Atlanta next year. So you know you just you look at the free agent market. The Deshaun Watson situation is probably settled by then, um, you know, and, and he's probably on the block. And then you've got a draft that people are trying are saying is weaker. But when you look at it, it's got like a dozen guys who could potentially be something in the NFL that might not be as top heavy with Wilson and uh, and Lawrence. But mm. you know, you got twelve guys who could be something. I don't I don't know that, that this situation has to be resolved this year. I think you 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 have the potential to look at Drew Locke, run it back with him, see if he takes a leap. But if he doesn't, you're going to be you know you're going to be in a position to make a move next year. And if he does that you've got your situation settled. You don't have to worry about it. So, you know, I, I think that there are just people that saw Drew Locke last year and it was a lot like Josh Allen in year one and they hit the panic button rather than having patience mm-hmm. and, and go from there. And so, you know, Drew's made, what, 17 starts, 16, 17 starts. Um, yeah. I mean, he played but five snaps in Pittsburgh, so you can count that if you want, whatever. But, um, you know, I, I mean, we don't know what he is yet. You don't know what a quarterback is until about the, the 25th, um, 25th start, things like that. And so I think that, um, for me, 
Um, you know, I'd like a situation like, like in an ideal situation for me, I would like the Broncos to, you know, run it back with Locke. And if Trey Lance fell there, then you've got a year to develop the guy. And to me, that's an optimal scenario where you get the mm-hmm. best of seeing what you've got uh, and, and still preparing for the future. And I think that's the middle ground here. You know, you've got people that absolutely hate Drew Locke and, and they won't accept anything other than we need to move on from him. And then yeah. you've got people that absolutely love Drew Locke and they won't accept anything other than just give him another chance. And I'm not saying why not do both. Why, right, why yeah. not? Why not? Why not come in with a situation where you can run it back with him and get a full view and see? And oh, by the way, hedge that bet and take a look at you know something else. What What's the worst thing that could happen? You have two great quarterbacks and you have to trade one. Damn, that'd be a shame. Right. right. <laughs> and, so I, I love right. I love what you said about the whole. I, I think a lot of people are missing like the foresight. Like they're missing the the next year piece. I think what you said about all these all these veterans that are going to be most likely free agents next year, they're, they're missing that piece. They're just looking at, oh, well, what rookies are available next year? And we talked about it multiple times. Each and every year, there's always a quarterback class that comes up out of nowhere. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Lawrence was number one. He's probably been projected number one for the last three years. But overall, the rest of them kind of came up out of nowhere. You kind of knew they might be somewhere. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting that people don't really look forward to like what is going to be available next year when they make these decisions or make their their uh, minds up on this. Well, and that's the other part of it too. Is like the, the media and fan component is that these guys came out of nowhere. The the, the league component is like, hey, there's like five guys. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. the league knows. They know yeah. they've got scouts out there on the road. They know. Like back, to, you know, there are some guys that surprise. You know, in terms of where they had them evaluated one year, and then they get a final year of tape. Like Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. Those guys were not yeah. number one draft picks. You know, before those years. But after them, you kind of see. And that's that's the thing. Guys can move up. They can get better, and you can get a better evaluation on that. Matt Ryan was kind of that guy before that last year. You know, uh, so so it's. I think really it's just people evaluate with the information that they know and they don't know what they don't know. And and that really kind of colors their, um, you know, kind of colors their view on it. And I think that's a bad thing. I think it's bad that we can't sit there and say, you know what, I don't have the whole picture, but the pieces that I know are this and go from there. Yeah. Now this, this is a little bit further into the hypothetical. So you may not, you know, answer as best you can. Um, You know, if the Broncos, do end up looking, you know, going back to the quarterback well next year and, and really looking in earnest. Do you think it's a scenario in which the team has done so badly that it's time for George Payton to start over at, you know, head coach and quarterback, or is that too dependent on how this season goes, even if the end result isn't good? I think it depends on this. Season. Um, I think there is kind of an edict. I do think that this staff needs to make the playoffs. Uh, but if you have a, you know, if you have a, an absolute apocalypse where the defense gets annihilated again, and you know you you've got eight starters that are out, you know, halfway through the season, and you're down to cornerbacks six, seven, and nine, you got street free agents coming in, you know, yeah. and trying to playing meaningful snaps. I think that's, I think that's not exactly on the coaching staff. But uh, you know, people forget the Broncos had the number one red zone defense in the NFL last year, despite those those conditions. You know, yeah. I think Vic Fangio has done a great job, but I think George Payton is going to kind of look at this and say this is a referendum. You know, I, I definitely think if the offense doesn't get it done, you're replacing the offensive coaching staffs. Um, yeah. I think if they don't make the playoffs, I, I think you're looking at potentially replacing the entire thing. And so, um, you know, I think that that's that's kind of the other portion of this. It's like, you know, where's where's this team going from here? You got to get them out on the field, kind of see. And teams don't really um, they, they don't really draft for the future in terms of. Uh, you know, what are we going to be doing two to three years from now? They they mm. draft for like, you know, like this year and maybe an eyeball in the next year. Like maybe we can wait on this for next year, but that's really kind of, kind of it. They don't look that far ahead because if you do, you're drafting for the next staff and the next staff's going to mm. reap the benefit of that, not you. So, you know, unless you're doing a total tear down and rebuild, you, you just can't have that mentality. Yeah, that makes total sense. 
Let's see. One one thing we've kind of heard, uh, you know, just bounced around a little bit with, especially with this running back class being as talented as it is, is if, you know, and circling back to the draft now, um, if the Broncos do trade down is running back in the first round, is that a possibility? It is. And they do like Najee Harris. And I did put that out there a while back and people freaked mm-hmm. out about it. Um, I think, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know that that's 100 percent at the top of the board, but it's something that it's somebody they like and it is a possibility depending on how far back they move. I mean, Najee might not be there depending on how far back they move. So I think, uh, you know, I think if you're looking at, at, at what they want to do, I think the idea here is to frame it through. They would like to build the war chest in terms of draft picks, kind mm-hmm. of plug some holes this year, build the war chest, and then be able to roll that war chest forward year to year uh, and always have a surplus of picks to be able to be flexible year to year. I think that's, that's, first year GM ideal type stuff. And so um, I, I, th- I think that if you look at it through that lens and then you look at what holes they need to fill, um, yeah, you got to find a safety to replace K-Jack for after this year. You do. Uh, mm-hmm. you got to find inside linebackers because Josie ain't it. And Alexander Jackson's on the last year of a deal. And he's going to have to get paid. I don't think that's something they want to do. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, you've, you've got some definite areas where you need to get, come away with stuff this year. Uh, and then the quarterback position, you got to figure it out. Are you, is there a guy in this class that you love? And if not, then don't. Like, don't draft somebody just because you think he's some kind of marginal improvement. That's like the worst decision you can make of all time. And it's so yeah. weird to me when people do that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, yeah. Is there – now, you, you just mentioned inside linebacker. And, we, you know, Jared is actually one of the guys who's uh, who was a Micah Parsons fan, I'm sure, uh, probably rethinking that right now. Um, <laughs> is there, you know, in the, in the later first round or early second round, you know, a guy who you think – because there's a lot of guys out there, you know, Zayvon Collins, JOK, um, a lot of names being tossed around, but is there one that you maybe think uh, fits a little bit better with what this coaching staff really likes to do? Uh, Jamin Davis, you know, I, I, he does. Uh, I think, I think, um, I think JOK is, is probably more of like a spur in like a four, two, five, which yeah. the Broncos do run is kind of a base. Uh, you know, we talked about being a 34 team, but really they run a two, four, five. Um, you know, his base and nickel, you know, kind of thing. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, you're pulling Mike Purcell off the field a little bit sometimes to do that. And when you do, you need somebody who can fit there. I think JOK fits there. I, he's just a little light, man. And, and it's, so it's tough when you don't have, uh, if you're not eating up all the blockers up front, it's tough for a guy like that to make plays because he can't get off blocks. He's just not functionally strong enough at like 210 pounds or whatever he is, 220, right. whatever he weighs uh, these days, you know, to be able to, to be able to do that. So, um, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Zayvon Collins has put on like uh like so much weight he's that he weighs like 270 now, which is absurd for an off-ball linebacker. I don't know what he's doing. He got some bad advice there from an agent. Um, you know, <laughs> he's he comes to the Right. I was just saying, like, he's basically, yeah, he's basically 270. He's sitting there to wait to like a 4-3 under tackle or something, you know. Now, yeah. he, he's, I don't know if it's like people, if he's trying to get that edge money or something, but, you know, he's viewed as an off-ball backer. So if he wanted to lose about 15 pounds, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think he, he absolutely fits what they want. Uh, we talked about Jamin Davis. That's a guy they like. Um, mm-hmm. So that you know, I think those kind of guys, I think those kind of guys can fit. The question is, it's not just evaluation. It's not just what do I think of this guy. It's also valuation. You know, like mm-hmm. where do I have to go to get him? Uh, right. You know, kind of thing. And, and you got to remember, they they do have to come away with that safety. And there really only are a couple of bodies in this class. I think the project is, you know, maybe long term starters to take over for a K Jack. So uh, if you're going to get your guy, you got to be sure that you can get both those guys when you need to get them. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good point. I've, I've been on the uh, we need a linebacker train. I feel like we missed it a couple of years ago uh, with like the Patrick Queen draft. And it, with those guys, there was like three or four big middle linebackers in there that that were really 
that I, th- I just think we missed out on. And now the last couple of drafts, we haven't really seen that. Yeah, they, they actually tried to move up for Patrick right. Queen, actually, and just couldn't get it done. Yeah. 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 yeah, so I guess we're in that we're just in that situation where we just fall where what athletes are available this year, and then we kind of have to reevaluate as we go into the the free agency and then to, into next year. So yeah. you talked about um, Rashawn Slater as being a potential pick. Now, say we can't get a tackle in that first round, are is the team confident rolling with Bowles and James as the starting bookends, or what's the, what's your opinion there? Well, that's going to be the starting bookends either way. Um, the question is whether or not Jawan James wants to play football this year, you know, and that's always the way it is with Jawan right. James. So right. uh, Garrett Bowles has been ultra reliable. The only the only game he's even missed, I think, was the uh, was Pizzagate, you know, where he uh, uh, down there in Carolina with the uh, with the wings and uh, you know Calvin Anderson, who was living in his guest house, had to had to sub in for him. So uh, I think they like Calvin Anderson too. Um, I, I think they do. I, I don't think they're confident with him being the starter. But I think mm. they're, they're confident grooming him for another year, and he might be it. So uh, I don't think that, that it's a desperation thing. But I think Rashawn Slater and his ability to play four or five spots along that line mm. really kind of gives them some versatility, especially with the fact that they're not 100% on Lloyd Cushenberry. You know, Cush is going to get every opportunity in camp. Um, but he lacked a functional strength last year. He was kind of getting blown up at the point of attack. Yeah. Some of Drew Locke's, Drew Locke's problems – I think originated from the fact that teams figured out by midseason that, that if they double a gap to the, you know, the Broncos uh, that they were going to shove Lloyd Cushenberry back in the quarterback's lap. And, you know, no, no, no better tape on that than the Atlanta game. Look at Grady Jarrett, just basically laughing at Lloyd Cushenberry as he one handed him back into Drew Locke's lap that whole game, like a rag doll. So um, I, that's something that, that's going to have to change. And there's, there's potential that you could move Glasgow over there and bring the Tony Moody in. Um, you know, those kinds of things. But I think Slater just gives you even more versatility. And I, I think that's something that can't be undersold. Yeah. Yeah. Talent too. Yeah. That's a good point. I think a lot of people were worried about the Lloyd Cushenberry situation, but we really don't have a backup center right now. So that's something that we're going to have to go, go out and get, or, or I don't know, find something free agency. Yeah, I think, well, as I said, Glasgow is that guy. He's played center yeah. before. In fact, his, his best season came at center, actually, not at guard, but <laughs> Uh, I think you look at that, uh, and I can tell you, Dalton's played center before as well, so that's a guy you can look at as well. You know, they just they like those versatile guys that give them options. Yeah, sure, Good yeah, point. absolutely. Um, now you we've kind of talked about it a little bit already. Um, you you said uh, probably not going to go super high on cornerback, but safety is is an area you could see the Broncos going in the first you know, hundred picks. Very very easily see that. Um, I think if uh, I think if Richard Grant is there, that's somebody they would definitely take a look at. Um, I've seen some people suggest the Holland kid out of Oregon. I, I don't think that's I don't think that's in play because he's more of a slot a slot safety, you know, that heavy nickel kind of guy, more what Will Parks mm-hmm. was than what they, they're really looking for. Um, but I think Richie Grant, or uh, if they don't get him, I think you can wait a little bit. There's a kid out of Syracuse named Andre Cisco uh, that I think that they're fairly high on. He's a ball hawk guy who got turnovers in like every game he played in or something like that. It was some absurd yeah. number, and uh, and so he's a guy I think that they could look at as well. No, I was just going to say, that's a name I don't think I've heard before uh, or, or even thought about. So that's that's definitely interesting that you bring him up. And he's probably – I mean, he's got to be falling back. What, like we're talking third, fourth round? Yeah, day, probably day three guy, uh, early day three. You're probably looking at fourth round, something like that. Maybe a little bit later, just depending. But um, I know that there are a lot of teams that like him. He's just not talked about a lot. You know how it is. You know, everybody knows who the top top 100 picks, give or take, are, you know, that kind of thing. And nobody really talks about the guys that were injured or, or that kind of stuff. So – yeah, if you get a chance to look at the tape on uh, Syracuse's Andre Cisco, um, I think uh, I think he's a guy you, you you'll, you'll really enjoy watching. Now we'll get asked about Mooring just because that's a, a name that people know, but he's more of a Justin Simmons type safety, isn't he? 
Yeah, and I don't think – I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think the league is as high on him as fans and media are. I see fans mm-hmm. and media constantly project him as, like, the guy. I wouldn't right. be surprised to see Grant go before him, to be honest, you know, if it happened. I would, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised more he'd go to the first round. When all said that, it only takes one team, and you know, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting there plugged into every team's draft board, but just in conversations that I have, it just kind of feels like the conversation about him is a lot lower than it is with um, uh, with, with some of these other players. You know, um, I, I I know you just say you're not into every team's draft board, but I gotta ask, I got, who do you <laughs> think San Francisco's taking? Is it Jones? Is it Fields? Is it Pitts? Yeah, yeah three. Because uh, they they said they're not going to do a smokescreen anymore, and it's just been all smokescreen since then. It's been ridiculous. <laughs> it's been nothing but smokescreen. Yeah. I think they're going Fields, um, but, you know. Okay. I, I think it's Lance. I don't think it's Fields at all, actually. I think it's I think it's Lance. There was a lot of smoke the other day about Justin Fields, and I tweeted about it. It got a bunch of run. In fact, it moved the line in Vegas, which I was, like, super shocked about. But, <laughs> nice. um, yeah, like, like my tweet moved the line 200 points or whatever in you Vegas. And I'm like, okay, that's that not power for good. Never for evil. Yeah. I was like, dude, that is, this is not, dude, we don't need to do that. I make too many jokes for you guys to be doing this. Kind of, you know? um, so, but you know, no, no, I think, um, I, I think that I, I think it's, uh, I think it's Lance or Jones. Um, and, and I, I think those are the two, I, I don't think it's fields. Like what we'll, we'll see. Um, sure. I, I think that there are a lot of people like, that's the other thing. It's like the media and the fans are like uh, caping for fields. They're all out there just trying to defend this dude. And I like the league is like a little lower on him than, uh, that's another one. I think the league is a lot lower on than, um, than fans and media are. And for, for mm-hmm. multiple reasons. And, and, and like, that's the other, the other part of this is like the minute you get one of these guys that the league is lower on than fans, all of a sudden you get these think pieces out there that are real. Oh, the league is racist because it, it, it has nothing to do with that at all, man. No. Like if, the, if they thought he was the, 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 the answer and he would help them win, dude, I'm telling you, they would move heaven and earth to go get the guy. So, yeah. um, but it only takes one. And there are teams that are very high on fields. Like uh, New England's very high on fields, you know, relative to some other teams, but you know, everybody's got a different board. I, I can tell you, I know that there are teams um, that are very high on Zach Wilson, higher than they are on Trevor Lawrence. They have him yeah. number one. Um, yeah. and, you know, and that kind of thing. So like, like, you know, when New York or San Francisco, both of whom are, are in that pool, uh, or new England who have Zach Wilson higher than, than Trevor Lawrence, like, you know, people laugh at that, but everybody's got a different opinion and different, and that's why this stuff about, you know, well, these guys are idiots or they reached or stuff. I'm like, man, it's just, you know, it's just differing opinions on what these guys can do. It's not, you know, and we, we also don't know what we don't know. Like today, part of that came out, uh, part of the Justin Field stuff came out with like the epilepsy and the medical right. and stuff, but, but you know, I, like, like, you know, you, the, the thing I try to convey to people all the time is you don't know what you don't know. I don't mm. know what I don't know sometimes, you know? And so like that, that's the thing is like, is as long as you remember mm. to frame things through that lens, you're, you're not going to get caught flat footed with like, well, why is this guy slipping or, or, you know, this kind of stuff. So just, sure. just kind of remember that when you see a guy go lower than you think, there's probably something there you don't know. Makes sense. Yeah. Because teams know, even if we don't. Yeah. Right. Correct. All right. right. Uh, So what do you think, guys, moving on from the draft a little bit? And, you know, we've heard um, a name. Deshaun Hamilton is a name we heard recently crop up as, you know, maybe a trade target for other teams, maybe somebody that the Broncos would move on from for the right price. Uh, Is there anybody else you maybe think, you know, a name that people aren't thinking about that might not be with the team come opening weekend? Um, I mean, if Juwan James flames out, you know, or whatever, can't return to form. Juwan yeah. James can't return to form. That's one you might want to, you know, you might look at. I think there's too many recognizable names. Deshaun Hamilton, I'll tell you this. First of all, the Broncos are not shopping him. They kind of like, 
his agent kind of approached them. The client is basically going to be wide receiver five at 2.8 million. You know, is that, yeah. that's probably a problem for you guys. Can I, you know, kind of look around and that that's kind of where that talk came from. It kind of got a bit misreported. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. stuff gets misreported, man. Like I get out there oh, yeah. the other day, there was that, sure. that stupid, uh, and, and, and then Woody page is a good dude. Woody page is, is yeah. you know, used to be as plugged in as anybody, but, uh, they didn't call Atlanta. Like that didn't happen. So uh, right. you know, I don't know where that came from. Um, but I, I can tell you for an absolute 100% fact that did not happen to the, to the point where the people involved texted me and called me right after that report came out like hey you want to tweet this because uh, this didn't happen you know so that that's you know that that's one of those things where um and then you saw other people push back on it too like mason and, and sure. troy rank and all that so uh but you know it's 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 the deshaun thing I, I like if they got the right offer like they do it do right by him and let him move on somewhere where he's going to have a, a better crack at um you know at playing but as it sits right now i mean you're looking at wide receiver five making 2.8 billion yeah that, that's something that they'd rather not do makes right. sense yeah I guess, I guess just overall, as, as the draft comes up to, to, you know, we're only, what, seven days away, a week away from the draft now, uh, as we're coming up to the draft, what are the biggest concerns slash uh, thought process from, from your point of view? And I know we've talked about a lot of different stuff, but from your point of view, what, what are the things that, that as we're coming up that aren't really answered? I know it's kind of an open-ended question, but. I mean, uh, I don't know how to reframe that. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, we've talked depth at the linebacker position inside backer you got to come away with uh, a, a safety that, that, that inspires mm-hmm. confidence that he could be a replacement for kjack who's you know 32 on a one-year deal um you know you've got to come away with those things um uh, and, and i think you've got to come away you don't have to come away with the quarterback in the draft but you've got to come away with the knowledge that you know you're trading for a certain you know a certain backup you got to have that framework in place um that you're going to get a guy uh, between now and training camp that's going to compete with Locke that isn't Jeff Driscoll, um, you know, who yeah, it, it, right. always, it always it always weirded me out that we brought him in. Like, nothing against Jeff as a person, but the Cincinnati Bengals were so frustrated with him, they'd converted him to wide receiver. Um, right. you, know, yeah. it, you know, so, like, the idea that we the idea that we brought, you know, a guy that the Bengals didn't want in, to, you know, it's just kind of, you know, it was kind of a little bit disheartening from, you know, from my personal perspective. Sure. Um, so, you know, I think uh, – uh, I, I think that I think in the end, like you, you have to have answers to those questions. Who we, what, what is our, what is our plan at safety beyond Kareem? What is our plan at inside linebacker um, beyond beyond this season? What is our plan at right tackle? Um, and if you come away answering those questions and, and kind of have an answer for the quarterback question, that then I think you're good. If you don't answer those questions, so then um, I think you're scrambling trying to see what's out there in terms of. Uh, you know, maybe free agency or whatever, and uh, and trying to figure out what it is that you're going to do on the cheap because there's not really going to be many answers out there at that point. Maybe even a trade, but now you're talking about giving up assets. Yeah, yeah, and I think we've seen Peyton do as good a job as he can putting together a team, at least on paper, for this coaching staff as it is with this offense as it is to be successful, you know, and if they can upgrade at quarterback or, you know, add competition, they're great. But, you know, it's now it's on the guys to do it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Hey, Ben, you have any closing words for us? You got anything uh, you want to send off with or? Sorry about the connection again, man. Like uh, I've just literally pulled up now and of course now it's great, but um, you know, yeah, it's just, you know, that's how that goes. Right. So I owe you guys one on this one. So anytime you guys, uh, uh, you guys want me back, I'll clear the schedule. I owe you one. I appreciate you up on that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to twist our arm too hard on that one. I appreciate right, it. Thanks so much, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks again, so much and, uh, for your time. A, we really appreciate you. Have a good show. Uh, no tonight. problem, guys. No yeah, problem. Thanks, I'll take care. Right, you too. Later. Well, Ben gave us a lot. 
Uh, he, yeah, he did. Yeah, that was awesome. I think, I think there's a lot of information there that, that we need to digest. But uh, I, I think for me, and, and we'll go around and find out what you guys' thoughts are, but for me, I think the biggest piece is the whole, we have to be looking for the future. And I think a lot of people are forgetting that. Um, on top of, you know, as we're looking for the future, there are a lot of quarterbacks. I didn't even think about it. He named off six off the top of his head that are probably going to be free agents next year that we could look at if Drew Locke doesn't pan out. So give the guy the chance, give him the confidence to go in there and do it. And then if, if he doesn't play out, we have enough veterans out there that we can go get uh, next year. So yeah, that's definitely, I think my big takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Mine is definitely the fact that they're not going to be trading up for a quarterback in this draft. I'm very on board on the idea that this is an overrated class. Mm. I think that media eats up just a bunch of quarterbacks and, you know, I don't know who's going to pan out. I don't. We nobody knows. But at the end of the day, I think it's smart if we stay put or if we move back. And it, it was kind of cool to hear from his perspective that that's the the direction the team seems to be going in. Yeah, yeah. National football media can be such an echo chamber of its own ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's you know, people will. That's what people want to listen to. That's what the, the content that people want. So I get it. But y- you can really get caught in this idea if you don't if you're not paying attention to what the Broncos are actually doing, it's very easy to get caught up in this narrative of, oh, the Broncos are going to trade up. The Broncos love these quarterbacks. It doesn't matter. Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, they take whoever they could get. Um, you know, and that's, it's just not the reality. It's not what the Broncos have been signaling all off season. It's not the way, you know, and just like Ben just told us, it's not what's going to happen. So it's yeah. Better for, our, our fans for sure. And Broncos fans everywhere, but you know, the smart ones who listen to this show, uh, just not have <laughs> that expectation in mind. Like you're not, we're not going to see the team sell out for a quarterback. The draft is going to come to us. And you know, now who do you guys think I'll, I'll ask you, you to this. Um, he mentioned there was one guy that they really liked um, and would maybe, you know, maybe consider going up like to seven. Um, if he fell all the way to seven, do you, I, I, just from the way he was talking, I was picking up Trey Lance. I think so too. The way he emphasized him with San Francisco. Yeah. It was kind of like, "Mm." right. And, and honestly, looking at this draft class, like Lawrence seems to be unanimous. Number one, he should be a franchise guy. I'm not a hundred percent sold on him, but I mean, I could easily be wrong on that. Zach Wilson, I think is going to be the better quarterback and Trey Lance with a year. As, as as preparation and getting caught up to speed the league, I think he could be something special. And you know, the one difference is that he doesn't have the turnover issue that Locke seems to be having. Yeah. But at the end of the day, though, you know, I think he's the guy, and even Kyle Pitts. If Kyle Pitts is sitting there at seven, I think there's going to be you think so a dozen of teams that are going to be oh, sitting yeah. there calling up to try yeah. and move up to seven. So it's going to be a an expensive one. But Kyle Pitts is going to Atlanta at four, and I'm sticking. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that's what you're saying. And Ooh. and we this is just speculation on our part, so it's not you know yeah. we don't don't take hey, us yeah. and combine with what Ben <laughs> just said as that's the guy you know. Um, yeah. Well, I was thinking, just, what about yeah. Mac Jones? So so that's an interesting one that's kind of been out there, and there hasn't really been too much media attention on him, other than the fact that he's one of the top guys. Um, I, I'm I'm interested to see where he falls because we didn't really mention him. Ben didn't really mention him at all. It definitely, obviously, we got the, the glaring from that interview. That it's definitely not going to be Fields, right? Fields is probably mm-hmm. not going to go to the Broncos. It doesn't look like we're super interested in him unless he slides way further. Mm-hmm. Um, and and on, on that point, I was thinking about as he was talking about the whole sliding thing that people like quarterbacks slide a lot further than people expected on their boards. Think about Drew Locke. We got Drew Locke in the second round when everybody was yeah. expecting him to be a, a first day guy. So that um, that for me is, is interesting. So I don't okay. think it's going to be Fields, but I, I I get this glaring feeling that we're going to trade back. I think so too. That seems to be a smart move. 
like yeah. Najee Harris was a name that he was very high on. And I think like some of the better players that, that he was mentioning and that I think the Broncos should read, well, go and draft are going to be found later in the draft. You know what I mean? Like it's the top end is really there. I think the Broncos are, are like, they underachieved last year. And I think the roster is much more solid. We don't necessarily need a top 10 pick. I mean, it'd be nice to, to get that, but trade back at the draft capital. And, and like he said, have picks that we can roll year after year and then always be able to make deals. Like, I think that that'd be a fantastic move for uh, for Peyton. And that and, was one thing that Peyton, you know, came from Rick Spielman and the Vikings, who love to trade back and accumulate mm-hmm. picks. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, not only that, we've mentioned it multiple times on this show. He just Benjamin just mentioned again. Uh, he's a, he's a new GM. He would love to have the draft capital for the next couple of years. Like he's the yeah. only one in Broncos country right now that has a, a stable job for the next five years. Yeah, three especially, years. Especially, you know, like you were saying, yeah, especially if he ends up firing you know, the offensive coaching staff or the entire coaching staff, um, having those picks to kind of reform the the entire the roster to whoever the next coaching staff is, is going to be crucial. So and whoever the next quarterback is like yeah, you mentioned, like, right. you know, next year with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and whoever else might not be on their team right now, that could be free agents. Like these are players that could slide into the Broncos and make that team an immediate contender with the amount of skill players around. So what better to have a bunch of draft picks where you can just load up around that player and build a coaching staff around that quarterback for a few years. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, I think when you look at it in that perspective, Locke isn't necessarily so worrisome anymore. Right. You know what I mean? I think there's going to be a lot of options, uh, you know, in the coming years. So uh, it, it'll be an interesting draft. You know, I, I'd love to see the Broncos grab a running back that first round. First round running backs have been pretty nice recently. You I know, I not. think it'd be sweet. Yeah, I would be pretty miserable. We're all we're all Philip Lindsay. You know, he's the hometown boy. We got rid of Philip Lindsay, and all of a sudden we're drafting a running back in the first round. Like yeah. we got rid of Lindsay, like oh, we don't need running backs, and then we draft one in the first round. It just seems like kind of like yeah, I get it. I totally get it. But the thing is, like you know, having to but, repay Lindsay or or get a, a, a rookie running back, it's a completely different like contract structure and i think right. it's, it's fresh legs and like Lindsay, as much as i love him as great as he is injury issues yeah. right well, he hasn't really played of, full seasons to say nothing of the fact that melvin gordon has this is his last year on his deal that's um, what i mean like you know it, so it's like next year you've got who and you know i wouldn't be against them picking up a guy in the third fourth round i just don't think to me, like the the production that you get out of a first round guy isn't so far above a third or fourth round guy that you have to spend that capital there. But yeah, you know, sure. it's all for about sure. letting the draft come to us. It's you know, if we trade back and the that legitimate best player available is a running back, I guess you I can find a way to sleep with that at night. But right. yeah, <laughs> right, you know. And just as to, to your note, he did mention Jones once, but as a candidate for maybe the Bears. Um, to trade up for if, you know, if he's there at number nine, that might actually be, and that made a lot of sense to me. I was thinking about that earlier today myself is the bears and Mac Jones kind of just seemed like a fit with Dalton there, but you know, we'll see Mac Jones is, is one of those players who is overrated in this class. And I'll talk of Mac Jones at three, like, don't buy it. I'm sorry. That's no, just like, I, I cannot like, so there was a quote from an NFC GM, the NFC West GM that said, I won't believe Mac Jones is the pick until they show me the card. And then I won't believe it. I'll still believe it's some kind of CGI. Like I still, <laughs> believe it, yeah, it's a fake, fake yeah. news. Right. No, yeah, I, I don't just, see it happening. It doesn't make sense. It's gotta all. be Lance at three. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it, you know, 
Fields too. I don't. I don't hate Fields. Like, I mean, I'm not in the circles, but seeing him in those in, in the the playoff games for college, the way he took the hits, he got up, and the resiliency to keep going, and he played hard. I really liked that. So yeah. you know, and and I think he is a guy who you don't trade up for, but if he lands at nine, man, like, why not pick him and let him sit for a year, or let him sit behind lock and have some competition? I don't know. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm throwing it out there, but. Yeah, and this, is, know, and this right? is the other huge thing for me is from from our perspective, we're not technically media, but we kind of are as we take fan, you know, as we talk about fan comments and stuff, is is we're gonna be hearing nothing but everyone's gonna be talking nothing but as soon as Drew Locke has a bad game, week two, week three, it's gonna be mm-hmm. nothing but put in our rookie, right? And it's gonna be that way all the way up. And then all of a sudden people are gonna start booing them at games. And it's just I don't like that atmosphere, I don't like that negativity. Yeah. I like the idea of okay just what we talked about. We have so many options. If Drew Locke doesn't work out this year, give him the best friend that knows he's a backup. Like obviously push him a little bit, but knows he's a backup. Come in, give Drew Locke the reins for the year. Let him go with it. And then if he doesn't pan out by the end of the year, then we can, can move on from him. But I don't like the idea of getting in a first round quarterback at all, just because of that aspect. And you know what? One thing that I just I I completely blanked on, and I and I didn't even remember up until this this interview with with Ben was that Nick Foles is still available. Yeah, Nick mm-hmm. Foles off the bench is a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like Absolutely. we should have this guy on our team. That you know, if Locke you know doesn't play well, put in Nick Foles off the bench, and we're we're gonna win. It's automatic, right? So I mean, this could be an option. And he's Not played for enough teams but... that he knows the defense of all of them. So right, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All I so, want, I like Bridgewater Foles. I don't necessarily care. I just don't want either of them at the the contracts there at the money they're making. Well, no, right. they they, they wouldn't come in that contract. They're they're right. free agents. You know, well, no, not what, Bridgewater, but I think they're waiting for the free agent piece. So I think they're waiting to wave them. Yeah, wait. Yeah, I gotta wait for them to get cut first. That's they, they that's, might be. Yeah. A and then I don't care. Moves, Pick up so. one of one or the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, one thing I really thought was just was interesting and relevatory to me was he just Ben gave us I think a really good idea of just the Broncos goals here. And I thought in this draft in specific, it was really, really kind of tough to read that, um, you know, with all the quarterback chatter, especially, but just with how kind of weirdly deep this class is in some positions and at other positions, it's really not. And, you know, some of those positions are positions that the Broncos might need. Some of them we thought were going to be a bigger need going into the off season and now are not so much like corner. Uh, so, you know, having that, you know, like you said, going in coming out with a plan at safety, coming out with a plan at right tackle and coming out with a plan at inside linebacker, that makes it a lot more clear to me just as to what the Broncos intentions are going to be. And, and you know, like you said, if the, if, and like we've said, if the best player available when the Broncos are picking is not those positions, they'll probably do something else, but just having that in mind, is is going to be something to watch for. Yeah, I also I also yeah. like the fact that he brought up kind of like the offense and Munchak really Mike Munchak's mm. uh, concept of the offensive line and bringing in just versatile guys, not so much yeah. like the top guys at their position, but guys that can be the, the best center and the best guard or best tackle and best guard. So um, I, I think that brings up a good point too because if they aren't sold on Cushionberry, that might be something we see sooner rather than later as far as a move there, picking up another guard where we think right now we're set at guard, picking up another guard and being like, okay, let's yeah. move Glasgow over. Right. And then just go right. from there. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe we'll see, or maybe even seeing like Natane Muti, like he was saying, get meaningful snaps at guard while Glasgow's playing center. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, that was, Glasgow I thought. Did play center, yeah. yeah. That was well an interesting center. revelation to me that they, you know, a third round pick 
from last year. And, you know, we, we all saw Lloyd Cushenberry. Oh, we yeah. talked about it at length, you know, over many shows. It just wasn't, <laughs> you know, like he said, lack kind of that functional strength got pushed around a little bit. Um, yeah, really interesting to see if he works out and that, how, how hard he works on that this offseason because it sounds like he's already under the gun. Yeah, and, and that might be a play yeah. too. You trade back, you get a, a late-round guard um, because there are there's not a lot of tackles in this in this draft, but there are quite a few guards. So you, you trade back and get a guard, and now all of a sudden you think about re- removing the offensive line a little bit. Uh, there's just so many options out there, and I, I think that uh, right now the, the only person that really knows like kind of with confidence, and I don't even think he does, is George Payton. So, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. He knows what he's doing right now. I don't know if he knows right. what he's doing uh, eight days from now, but he knows right. what he's doing right now. Well, and that's and that's the interesting part about this draft specifically. I mean, I mean, for the most part, the last couple of drafts have been decently. You know, you can kind of uh, chalk them up and, and figure it out. But this draft with the the shortened NCAA, right? So mm-hmm. we have the shortened season. You don't get to see as much film on some of these guys uh, this year specifically. You have to look at you know their junior year highlights. Um, on top of the, what's going on with the top three and all the movement that we've already seen pre-draft. Usually a lot of that happens draft day. A lot of this movement pre-draft, and like you said, San Francisco saying that they're not going to have smoke screens and then blowing the biggest smoke screen possible. It, yeah. it, just just going from that, we don't know what's going to happen after three. And, and yeah. it, it, I mean, you can you could throw out ideas all, all over the place, but I mean, Atlanta hasn't even said whether what they want to do either. So they could go quarterback, yeah. they could go tight end. They, I mean, it's well, really, it's really we, interesting this year. Something we didn't talk about with um, uh, ben was that Cliss earlier put out that the Broncos might have interest in Jones, which makes me think, you know, talking about smoke screens, that's just the, that's one of the bigger smoke screens related to the Broncos. I've heard that's a desperate to trade back smoke screen. It sounds like to me, no, uh, Matt, yeah, yeah. Matt, you're a resident Falcons expert. So let's get, let's get you in here at four. What do you think? I mean, do you think it's Pitts? You said that earlier. Uh, listen, you- like I have, I have this suspicion that Pitts is their guy at four. And, and here's why Fontenot has not been uh, on a team with a rookie quarterback and he's been the saints for 15 years or so. So, and he's only known Drew Brees and Drew Brees came in as a veteran. Arthur Smith has only known Ryan Tannehill as an OC and he, recreated this guy's career and he was also a veteran and so i don't think that these are necessarily leaders who are looking for like a rookie quarterback you know what i mean i don't think they're they're set up mentally for that so i think that ultimately they're going to be trying to um just build around matt ryan for the next couple years and then eventually like re-sign a veteran like i could see somebody like a russell wilson coming to atlanta perhaps next year instead of matt ryan or i could see like a a sort of move that way so i think they're going to go pitts I think that'd be freaking awesome. If not, even Panay Sewell could be another pick there because, you know, to get that protection up front. That would be huge. Um, Patrick Sertain's another uh, player I've seen spoken about with Atlanta, but I don't think they pick him at four. I think if they want yeah. him, they move back a few picks. But ultimately, like, um, Jamar Chase was the other name that, I, that I've heard. Um, yeah. So I think there's a lot of ways to go, but I think Atlanta sets the draft because, uh, you know, the first three picks are going to be three quarterbacks. And, you know, I, you know, whether or not San Francisco takes uh, Lance or Fields, I don't know. I think either one could be great players. I kind of agree with Ben. I'm going to restate that I think it's going to be Trey who's going to go there. But I think Atlanta, I mean, that's when the draft starts. If they take Pitts, right. sets up. If they take Panay Sewell, for example, as a tackle, that sets up a lot. Of, if they take Jamar Chase, because Julio Jones, Jones is above 30 and you know Calvin really is ultimately their number one receiver now. So it's like they could go so many different ways. But then Cincinnati might. Who are they, they're, they're looking at, 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 at Penesul, but Chase could reunite with Burrow. You know, there's a lot of different, like, 
man, at nine, it could be, we could have a star player land at nine, just because the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks and probably another quarterback is going to go between five and nine. Right. So we might be sitting there with like a solid day one starter. You know, if Jamar Chase is sitting at nine, you know, That's, well, it, it'd be easy to well, trade I mean, back from that. Somebody's going to trade up for him. Right. Gonna yeah, be, exactly. Someone's going to gonna want the money. Yeah, yeah someone's going to yeah. want the And that's what that's what makes it interesting. And I, and I brought up with Ben, it doesn't seem like – he made a good point too is if Carolina is planning on trading out of the eight spot, right, if there is a quarterback on that, on that list and somebody's like, well, Denver has been throwing up this we might get a quarterback concept or the media, I guess, is throwing up this might get a quarterback concept, somebody's going to trade out for that quarterback at eight so that we don't they don't fall to us. And now, now all of a sudden you're right. There's going to be some – superstar that was supposed to go in the top five that all of a sudden's fallen to nine um and 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 here we are and i, I know it's like i said you're right i think atlanta sets the tone for this draft yeah. based on where they go and and yeah. really any one of those guys because everybody after you is kind of almost set in stone at really what they need um you know penny Sewell, if he drops down to like seven or eight like oh man you know, he could yeah. be a player that might be worth trading up for, but right. I, I don't know. But I, I think that the draft really is going to happen between, you know, after four and even four, like it's just, man, like the, like, I don't understand why they wouldn't draft Pitts. Pitts is the, <laughs> best, no, I'm serious. Pitts is the, like the best player in the draft. You know, it, it seems to be across the board. Everybody's talking about him and Trevor Lawrence being the best players in the draft. Like to take anybody else on a team that has so much talent just seems absurd. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it has to be him. So then, you know, what do the Bengals do? And then we're sitting there at six. I don't know. There's so many things that could happen, but Broncos could get, you know, a top five player at nine for all yeah. we know. Yeah. Or I, I, back. I mean, that's how we got Bradley Chubb. Yep. Absolutely. Exactly it. We just sit and be patient. And all of a sudden this player drops and talk about quarterbacks that, that, that slip by like Dwayne Haskins. He moved all right. the way to 15 and, and look at his career. And, and, and then you get players like Alex Smith who just retired. You know, we would have loved to seen him as, as uh, that other quarterback on the Broncos, but man, the man slipped to like the, you know, he was the first overall pick. Sorry. Um, uh, uh, what am I talking about? Aaron Rodgers slipped. Wow. I'm out to lunch. Yeah. But at, you know, plug for Alex Smith. I mean, like amazing career. It would have been awesome to have him as a Bronco, but it is what it is. But Aaron Rodgers slipped all the way to 20-something in his career. and You know what I mean? It, we just don't know. We we literally just don't know, man. But it'll be uh, it, it'll be cool to see the Broncos pick a player who I think is going to be just a, a starter from day one. Najee Harris, man. I'm not I'm knocking for him. <laughs> Not, oh, you're not. Yeah, okay, so the let's, Harris train. okay, so let's oh, yeah. let's do this. Let's uh, our, our prediction for Broncos first round Thursday. What is our what's our prediction for this? I'll start with Matt. Is are you sticking with the trade back and and yeah, grabbing I'm Najee Harris with a trade back and then picking Najee Harris in the twenties or ATN from uh, from Clemson? Either one, I think, would be phenomenal athletes to pair up with Melvin Gore and then take the reins moving forward. But that's that's who I'd like to see. <laughs> You know, just based on our con our conversation with Ben, um, trade back also, maybe, you know, as late as you can into the first round or maybe even out of the first round entirely and target somebody like Richie Grant or Zabin or uh, not Zabin Collins, uh, Jamin Davis. Um, one of those, you know, if if Slater's there at nine, I think probably Slater. If he's not, I think that's the goal. Trade back and get maybe one of those two guys in the late first or early second, if you can trade down that far. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Too. I, I don't want to steal your, your thunder there, but that, you know, I, I, stole, I, I did two things. So, 
yeah, yeah well so fair. so and i think i think the big part that he was mentioning is the strong safety piece you know kjack we, we almost let him go we kind of let him test mm-hmm. he came back kind of on a on a we kind of got lucky there honestly because of the between the market between the, just wasn't there for safeties this year between and, the safety yeah. market and the cut in in uh cap space for all the teams he, he kind of just came back but you're right i mean he's he's an older guy he's probably only with us one more year ultimately and we're, we have to find that next guy obviously we don't think will parks is the 100 percent answer because uh, i mean he's gonna he, he no, just we'll, we barely brought him back in the first place so i, I think i think, that's, piece yeah, I think that's, a, I think that's a big thing to say and if if he's so high on that i wouldn't be surprised if we trade back and pick one of those guys um, in that first round, pick up that strong safety, and it'll it'll surprise a lot of people. I think if that's the case, and you know, not right. to add more confusion in this or, or unnecessary detail, but even cornerback position, like you know, Fuller's on a one year contract, right? Callahan is probably towards the end of his deal as well, and you know, we got guys like Patrick Sertain and J.C. Horn, who has been you know in, in my circle has been talked about as one of the better cornerbacks in this draft, and who has an amazing like resume from college, like you know, he could be somebody that we pick up and the first round doesn't play much this year, but like it could be a solid starting cornerback for the next six, seven years after that. Right. Like it, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility to draft a player just to develop and then have his insurance. But if one of our guys goes down, you got a first round pick coming up, taking the spot. You know what I mean? It's um, it's a good insurance policy. Yeah. And, and the big piece about that too is, is there's a lot of corners in this draft. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of top corners in this draft that probably, yeah. probably will be going in the first round. It all depends on how the Broncos and in the coaching staff feels about Ojemudia, because I th- I feel like as a rookie, he played, he got put into some tough positions and he played. Okay. He let up a couple big plays, but I mean, he's a rookie. You got to let him yeah. out. So Yo, depending on how this coaching staff feels about him, will really drive whether we pick up somebody in the first round or we try to develop somebody in the second, third, whatever, fourth round um, and, or keep, Get picking up corners in the uh, in the free agency. He may sneak. I think he may be the one of those guys who has one year left to kind of really show it. He has more of an ultimatum, I think, than some of the other guys um, because he, you know, Vic Fangio specifically has you know traits that he looks for in corners. So you have to assume that Ojemudia was drafted based on the blueprint for what Fangio likes in a corner. George Payton may have different um, traits that he values, and if this year goes sideways and they pick an up, pick up a new head coach next year. He also may have different traits that he values in a corner or whoever the next defensive coaching staff is going to be. Um, so you may see a little bit less of a commitment to corners, young corners that the Broncos will have to develop over time, you know, that will be specific to this scheme um, versus ones that maybe the you know maybe next year if they do end up having to start over that may be a little bit more of a of a priority there yeah and, and we'll, that's why yeah, on one year deal yeah right and, yeah and, and i think we'll get more into this as we get into our preseason podcast as well just talking about what what positions we're really looking forward to seeing obviously we're going to look forward to seeing any of these rookies we pick up in this draft but i think that cornerback position is going to be one of those that we really have to keep an eye on based on yeah. you know how hard we went in free agency for it and these young guys that are they going to be able to get the time? I don't. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to be able to get the the playing time to be able to prove it to the coaching staff uh, whether he can do it or not. So that's really it, that's really what it comes down to. He's going to have to force his way onto the field a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of practice, a lot of good practice reps. He's going to have to prove it, prove it there, and then uh, and then try to get on the field. All right. Any other right. draft related thoughts as we uh, anything pertinent pressing? No, you know, I'm I hate stoked for Atlanta to pick up Pitts, man. I, <laughs> I hate, I, was, I hate to say it, but um, I think Matt's right. 
I, I, think, I think Matt's right here. I think Atlanta mm-hmm. sets the tone for this draft. And really, oh, everything that falls in after that, you can you can think of a million different ways that this draft is going to go, especially by the time it gets to nine. I think that's just my final thought there. I, I do think we're going to trade back and try to pick up someone late in the first round and hopefully pick up another first round at least next year and uh, and then just go from there, especially with the George Payton thing. I think everybody has to remember that George Payton's in his first year here. He's going to want the draft capital. We're going to trade back and pick up somebody late in the first round. I was just kind of glad to hear him rain on the Micah Parsons parade a little bit. I, uh, <laughs> like, I know Jared. Yeah, you were you were super in on that, and I get it. You know, inside linebacker, it's been a big need for the Broncos, but not only because of the character stuff. You know, we can talk about the off-field stuff all day, but there's you know, like like just like Ben was saying, there's just not as good a fit there as some fans think. Um, you know, it, just what he can do, what his big skill set is, is not. You know, he's kind of more of another Alexander Johnson than a really athletic guy who we can count on to cover tight ends or something like that. Um, So I was, you know, I'm kind of glad to to hear the focus is on other guys if we're looking at inside linebacker. Absolutely. Matt, you got any closing thoughts? No, just tune in (laughs) on us for, uh, you know, April 29th, man, we're going to be doing a live show up until the first round pick. So if we do trade back, then you get even more time with our beautiful faces. And if they, you know, stick at nine, well, then it's a quick and easy one. So either way you win, uh, but yet tune in. It's going to be fun, man. I'm super stoked for that day. So. Yeah. yeah, we're going to be live. We'll be here for the whole, well, at least until the Broncos pick and we'll see how the rest of the first round goes. Maybe it'll get crazy and we'll just have to stay for the whole thing. Ooh, yeah, so I mean, it, it could end at nine. It could end at, uh, I don't know, 31. If we trade out of round one and we're there day two, we stay live all Through hours the of the day, yeah. all the way up until the Broncos day. So you got to stay That's with right. us as we eat our meals, man, yeah. as we sleep, the whole deal. So Yeah, but ready. Kevin's going to be the one that has to be live. We're going to take breaks, but Kevin's going to stay. Right, Kevin's Kevin doing all this work. We're not actually on live. It's just Kevin, really, no. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, it was great talking to you guys. I'm so yeah. glad we're talking Broncos football again. Uh, you know, this, is, this has been amazing. I'm so happy to have, see you guys face again. And I hope everybody enjoyed the show. And as always, we're going to end off with a Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.